Thomas and Friends Storytime A World of Animals Starring Thomas, a koala bear called Banjo, Luke, a lost deer and lots of cheeky monkeys Based on the railway series by the Reverend W. Audrey Created by Britt Allcroft Read by Mark Morahan and Friends This is a story about Thomas the Tank Engine A cheeky little blue steam engine with six small wheels, a short stumpy funnel, a short stumpy boiler, and a short stumpy dome. He is the number one engine on Sir Topham Hatt's railway, and has a whistle that sounds like this. So now you've met the hero of our story, let's begin our journey. All aboard for a big adventure. Banjo and the Bushfire. It was a hot summer day in Australia's Karanda Park. The park has lots and lots of lush green trees called a rainforest and is home to lots of different types of animals. Thomas was travelling through the park, taking food supplies to a town far up in the mountains. He was having great fun racing along the rainforest tracks. Then there was trouble. <laughs> a big sack fell off one of Thomas's cars and nearly landed on a small green frog. <laughs> Tamika, the tourist train, was coming down the mountain. Whoa, steady on, mate! Tamika had seen the sack fall from Thomas's car. Thomas stopped beside her. You almost squished a Karanda tree frog. That's an endangered species. Does that mean they're dangerous? No, it means he and his family are in danger. Like when trees are cut down from his rainforest home. <gasps> That's terrible! Are you new around here? Yes, my name's Thomas. I'm a tank engine from Sodor. And I'm Tamika. Welcome to the Karanda Rainforest. Our froggy friend here is one of hundreds of animals who live here amongst the trees. Wow, it's beautiful. Sure is. Let's keep it that way, eh? Bye, Thomas. As Thomas continued on his journey up the mountain, he saw a water station up ahead and decided to stop. Sitting on top of the water hose was a koala bear. The koala had big round fluffy ears, a black nose and a little white beard. <laughs> what a funny looking bear! Excuse me, could you please get down, little bear? You're blocking the water! Thomas's whistle frightened the koala and it jumped onto a nearby tree. Then Thomas heard a strange bird call. <gasps> what sort of bird is that? A lady dressed in a green uniform and wearing a big bush hat stepped out of the trees. The lady was making the strange bird call. G'day, I'm Ranger Jill. There's a kookaburra in distress and I'm trying to find it. Then Ranger Jill and Thomas heard a real kookaburra call coming from a little way up the tracks. That's him! Care to give me a lift? Thomas the Tank Engine at your service. Hop on and let's find that cookie fellow. <laughs> Kookaburra! That's what I said! 
As Thomas puffed slowly along, Ranger Jill made the bird sound again. <gasps> there he is! Ranger Jill spotted the kookaburra by the side of the tracks. The bird was caught in a plastic bag and couldn't fly away. Uh, hold still, my feathery friend! Ranger Jill carefully untangled the kookaburra from the plastic bag. There. Careless campers must have left their garbage behind. And look what else they left! In the middle of a small circle of stones was a campfire that was still burning. Cinders and ashes! Exactly! Leaving a campfire burning could start a bushfire which could spread through the whole rainforest! Ranger Jill kicked sand over the fire to put out the flames. As Thomas puffed slowly on through the rainforest, Ranger Jill looked out for animals that needed help. It wasn't long before she spotted something lying by the side of the tracks. Stop here, please, Assistant Ranger Thomas! It's a lost egg! <gasps> Ranger Jill picked up the egg and climbed back into Thomas's cab. We'll take it back to my ranger station to hatch. Ah, oh, what sort of bird does it belong to? <laughs> It's not a bird egg. It belongs to a freshwater crocodile. A little while later, Thomas was crossing a bridge over a big bubbling waterfall. He spotted a koala bear sitting on the tracks. Oh, not another bear in my way. Out of the way, you! Tamika the tourist train was coming back across the bridge. That's no way to treat an animal. But I was just chewing him off the tracks. Ranger Jill picked up a fallen eucalyptus branch. This was the koala's favourite food. There are other ways to get animals to move Thomas without scaring them. Ranger Jill waved the branch to coax the koala off the bridge. This rainforest is a koala's home, where they deserve to be protected and respected. Maybe it's not such a good idea that you helped me today, Thomas. Thanks for the lift! Ranger Jill headed off into the forest, leaving Thomas and Tamika together on the bridge. Sorry, Thomas. Not everyone's cut out to work with the wildlife. Oh, I was only trying to help! Thomas was feeling sad. He hadn't meant to frighten the koala, and he really wanted to help Ranger Jill. Thomas was on his way back down the mountain, when in the distance, he saw the flames and smoke of a large fire. That campfire looks pretty big. Then, as Thomas came around the next bend, he was shocked to see that the whole forest was on fire. <gasps> Fizzling fireboxes! Thomas raced away to find help. He soon found Ranger Jill. Ranger Jill! There's a bushfire spreading through the rainforest. Oh, thank goodness you're here, Thomas. We need to get to safety down on the coast. Ranger Jill knew the animals would be safe down by the sea, where there was no burning forest. Are the animals going to be okay? Most of them will be able to get out of the forest all right. But the koala bears didn't move very fast, and Thomas could see that they were being left behind. But what about the koalas? They're so slow. We'll pick them up along the way. 
Thomas and Ranger Jill collected all the koalas they could find and put them safely in Thomas's cars. By the time Thomas and Ranger Jill arrived at Cairn Station, the kangaroos, the koalas and all the other forest animals had made it to the safety of the coast. But there was one animal missing. Wait! Where's the koala with the little white beard? I saw him this morning at the water station. Oh, that's Banjo. He's not here. Oh no, poor Banjo. I'll find him. Be careful, Thomas. It could be dangerous. So Thomas headed back into the forest to find Banjo the koala. But Banjo was nowhere to be seen. Banjo! Banjo! Then an idea flew into Thomas's funnel. Oh, the water station! I'm coming, Banjo! When Thomas arrived at the water station, he found Banjo sitting on top of the water tank. There he is! Oh, I don't want to blow my whistle and scare him off. Oh, I know! Thomas called out to his driver. Grab that branch! Come on, little Banjo. This way. You can do it. Holding a eucalyptus branch, Thomas's driver led the koala down from the water station. Now let's get you to safety. With the koala safely on board, Thomas raced away from the burning forest, back to the coast and Ranger Jill. You're both okay. And good news, I've just heard that the firefighters have the bushfire under control. Tamika was impressed with Thomas's koala rescue. Well done, Thomas. Maybe you are cut out to work with wildlife after all. Definitely. Ranger Jill was still carrying the crocodile egg. When the egg began to crack open, a small green baby crocodile appeared. The crocodile seemed to be smiling. And look! You're just in time to meet a new friend too! Ah, he's adorable! I'll name him Thomas. <laughs> nice smile, Thomas! The end. This is a story about Luke, the little green narrow-gauge engine who works at the Blue Mountain Quarry. Luke is a kind and happy little engine who can sometimes be a little shy. But he works hard at the quarry and has a whistle that sounds like this. So now you've met the hero of our story, let's begin our journey. All aboard for a big adventure! Luke's new friend. It was nearly the end of another busy day at the Blue Mountain Quarry, but Luke and the other narrow-gauge engines were still hard at work. The quarry is full of grey stone. There are no trees or flowers or grass. It's a loud and lively place, full of big noisy machines, swirling dust and explosive blasts. Reneus, the red engine, called out to Luke. Race you to the crushing shed, Luke. Whoever gets down first gets to take the first load of gravel. You're on! Suddenly, 
a small deer jumped across the tracks in front of Reneus. Whoa! Reneus had to put on his brakes and stop suddenly. The frightened deer ran off and disappeared behind some rocks. Luke pulled up next to Reneus. What was that? I'm not sure. It just ran out in front of me. Rusty and Sir Handel had seen the animal too. Rusty knew exactly what it was. It was a deer. That's right. And a young un too, by the look of it. But Reneus was worried. Well, whatever it was, it doesn't belong down here in the quarry. It gave me a fright. You were frightened of a small animal. It leapt out of nowhere. Just then, Scarlowy arrived. Come on, everybody. It's time to wind things down. This will be the last load of the day. Oh. Luke didn't want to stop working. He was having too much fun. Don't worry, Luke. There's plenty more to do tomorrow. All this gravel needs to be taken up to Ulfstead Castle. We should all go and get a good night's rest. All the busy engines and noisy machinery at the Blue Mountain Quarry settled down for the night. All except Luke. He was excited about the busy day ahead, and he didn't feel sleepy at all. Which was why Luke was the only one to see... The deer! The young deer had been hiding behind some rocks. Now that things were quiet, it had come out to explore. <laughs> Hello, little fella. The deer was very nervous. Slowly, it came out of its hiding place and walked closer to Luke. Just then, Owen, the quarry traction engine, snored very loudly. The deer was frightened and it ran off. Luke was sad to see the deer go, but he was pleased that he'd seen him up close. Eventually, Luke drifted off to sleep. The next day, Luke woke up and he was surprised to find the young deer asleep in his cab. Good morning, friend. Morning, Luke. Then Reneus arrived, shunting a long line of cars. Shh, Reneus, don't frighten my new friend. Honestly, Luke, the quarry is no place for an animal. Nonsense. I'm sure that once he meets everyone and sees how great it is here in the quarry, he'll love it just as much as I do. Well, I don't think that's being really useful. But Luke was sure he could look after his new friend and still be really useful. All morning, Luke puffed as quietly as he could still carrying the young deer in his cab. But every loud noise from the work in the quarry made the deer more nervous. Then, a loud explosion scared the deer and it leapt out of Luke's cab. Oh! The deer scampered away. Come back, little friend. Then, Luke spotted the deer hiding behind Owen, the traction engine. I'm not sure the quarry is the right place for him. I think it might be a bit too noisy. You're right, Owen. There's only one thing for it. 
We're all going to have to work more quietly. Oh dear. The other engines were happy when they saw Luke and his new friend back together again. They wanted to help, so they all moved slowly and steadily, lifting heavy stones and shifting dusty gravel without making any loud noises. Until... Peter Sam was trying so hard to work quietly that he wasn't watching where he was going. Then there was trouble. Peter Sam backed into some cars. The cars tipped over, spilling gravel all over the tracks. Then Merrick the Crane dropped a heavy piece of stone with a crash. Once again, the frightened deer jumped from Luke's cab and ran away to hide. Sorry, Luke, but there's no way we can do our jobs properly if we're trying to be quiet. And the other engines agreed. He's right, I'm afraid. It's harder to work slowly and quietly than it is to work quickly and noisily. But what about my friend? Face it, Luke. You can't be really useful and look after your friend. That deer does not belong here. But Luke didn't want to listen to Reneus and the others. He does belong here. It just takes a little while to fit in. That's all. He'll soon get used to it, just like I did. Then, Scarloey had an idea. Luke, why don't you take this load of gravel to the castle? Your new friend might enjoy the journey through the park. And taking the gravel will be really useful. So Luke was coupled up to Scarloey's cars of gravel. Together, Luke and his new friend puffed slowly and carefully along the narrow gauge line towards Ulfstead Castle. The park around the castle was very different to the Blue Mountain Quarry. The air was clear and fresh. There was green grass and lots of trees. The colours were bright and cheerful. But most of all, it was quiet. So, so... Quiet! The young deer loved it. The further away from the quarry Luke puffed, the happier the deer seemed to be. Then Luke spotted a big deer standing under some trees. Oh, look, friend! That animal looks just like you! As soon as the young deer saw the big deer, it jumped out of Luke's cab and ran towards it. Hey, come back! Luke watched as the young deer and the big deer rubbed their noses together. Then Luke understood. This was the young deer's mum. Oh, I see. The two animals looked very pleased to be back together. The young deer looked at Luke. It seemed to be saying thank you. That's okay, friend. Off you go. Luke was sad to say goodbye to his new friend. <sighs> but he knew that the deer would be much happier here in the park with its mum. When Luke arrived back at the quarry, Owen and Merrick wondered why the young deer wasn't in Luke's cap. <laughs> Luke, who's here? Welcome back! But where's your friend? 
where he really belongs. In the park at Ulfstead Castle. Well done, Luke. You know, you can always go back and visit him with the next load of gravel. So, you'd better get that stone moved up to the gravel crusher. Right away, Scarlowie. Luke was happy that his new friend had found a better place to live. And Luke was especially happy to be back with his old friends at the Blue Mountain Quarry. Making lots of noise and being really useful. Thomas and the Monkey Palace It was a hot sunny day on the Indian Railway. At the big station, everybody wanted to drink refreshing coconut water to cool down. Even the railway controller Charabala. She walked over to the coconut stand to get a drink. One, please. But the shop shelf was empty. There were no coconuts left. Just then, Thomas peeped into the station. Thomas, can you please collect some more coconuts? It's very important, so please hurry. Don't worry, Charubala, ma'am. I won't let anything slow me down. Bye! So, with a whoosh of steam and a peep of his whistle, Thomas raced out of the station. As Thomas chuffed along the Indian Railway, he saw a very unusual sign at a small junction. The sign was covered in vines. But in the middle was the picture of a palace and a monkey. Hmm, that looks interesting. Maybe I should check it out. But Charubala wants more coconuts. Thomas continued on his journey, leaving the sign behind. Finally, Thomas arrived at the goods yard. He could see cars piled high with coconuts. Just then, another tank engine called Rajiv pulled up alongside him. Ah, hello, Rajiv. Can I ask you a question about the Indian Railway? Of course you can. Nobody knows it better than I. That's great, uh, because I passed a funny sign on the way here. It had a monkey and a... <gasps> Suddenly... Rajiv looked shocked. You mean the monkey palace? Do not go near it. Do you understand? Why? It is riddled with troublesome monkeys. But before Thomas could ask Rajiv about the monkeys, his cars of coconuts were coupled up and it was time for him to go. Thomas whooshed along the tracks, pulling the cars of coconuts. Ahead of him, he saw the Monkey Palace sign that he had seen earlier. An idea flew into Thomas's funnel. Oh, I know Rajiv said I shouldn't, but I really want to see the Monkey Palace. So instead of going straight back to the station, Thomas took the track that led into the Monkey Palace. Monkey Palace, here I come! When suddenly up ahead, a monkey jumped down from a tree. Oh, <laughs> hello, little monkey. As Thomas slowly carried on, another monkey appeared. Then another monkey. Then another. Oh, hello, and, and hello to you too. Soon there were monkeys everywhere. 
and as Thomas went around a bend, he saw an amazing sight. Oh, wow! The Monkey Palace! I am so glad I came to see this. It's beautiful. As Thomas stopped to look at the wonderful palace, the monkeys crowded around him. <laughs> and you fellas are so funny. <laughs> the cheeky monkey started to climb onto Thomas and his cars. Ooh. <laughs> okay, you can get down now. <laughs> then Thomas remembered he had an important job to deliver the coconuts to Charabala. Thomas peeped his whistle and the monkeys all jumped away in fright. Oh dear, I didn't mean to frighten you, but I need to go. Thomas set off, chuffing away from the palace, leaving all the monkeys behind. All except for one little monkey who popped up from the coconuts in Thomas's car. I don't know what Rajiv was so worried about. Those were some of the nicest monkeys I've ever met! <laughs> Suddenly, a coconut flew through the air and landed on Thomas's roof. Clunk! What's going on? Clunk, clunk, clunk! More coconuts hit Thomas. It was the little monkey throwing coconuts from the cars. Is it raining coconuts? And as Thomas looked up to the sky, the little monkey appeared from nowhere hanging down in front of Thomas's face. <gasps> Thomas was shocked and screeched to a halt, sending the monkey tumbling forward. Thomas was so concerned for the monkey, he didn't notice the sudden stop had forced his cars to bump into each other, spilling the coconuts everywhere. Are you okay? I'm sorry, but what did you do that for? The little monkey looked sad and pointed back in the direction they had come from. He started to jump up and down. Sorry I can't play with you now. Thomas peeped his whistle. I have coconuts to deliver. And he wished away, leaving the little monkey behind. But what Thomas didn't realize, he was also leaving behind the coconuts. Finally, Thomas arrived back at the big station, where Charubala was waiting for him. Ah, Thomas, what kept you? Everyone is waiting. Sorry, Charubala, ma'am. It's just <gasps> that. Before Thomas could finish, Charubala looked into the empty cars. Where are all the coconuts? Thomas was surprised. <gasps> they must have spilled when that pesky monkey made me crash. Charubala shook her head. Stop this monkeying around and get some more coconuts. So Thomas raced back as quickly as he could to get the coconuts. Luckily, they were still piled up high on the opposite track. <gasps> Phew! There they are! Then there was trouble. A super-fast engine sped past Thomas, squashing all the coconuts. Cinders and ashes! Now what am I going to do? Then Thomas saw the little monkey again. But Thomas was in no mood for games. Just leave me alone. Why don't you go back home to your monkey palace? And with that, the monkey's face lit up and he started to jump up and down, pointing into the distance. Oh, do you need help getting home? 
The monkey nodded his head enthusiastically. Oh, is that what you were trying to tell me before? Well, don't worry, I'll take you home. The monkey jumped back into Thomas's cars. Hold on tight! Soon, Thomas and the monkey arrived back at the monkey palace and were immediately surrounded by all the other monkeys. The little monkey was reunited with his friends. Right. Well, I better dash if I'm going to get more coconuts back to Charubala on time. Thomas started to set off. But the little monkey jumped onto the track and pointed up to the trees. What are you trying to tell me now? Oh, coconut trees! And with that, all the monkeys climbed up into the trees and started to shake them. Soon, coconuts were raining down into Thomas's cars. <laughs> Thanks, friends! Thomas arrived back at the big station, this time with enough coconuts for everyone. Charubala took a long sip of her coconut water. Delicious! In the end, Thomas had managed to save the day, but only with the help of his new monkey friends from the Monkey Palace. The end. If you like listening to Thomas and Friends Storytime, new stories are coming down the track. Stay tuned for more stories from Thomas and his friends, due out in May 2021. Parents, if you like what you heard, please leave us a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends too. <coughs> Thomas and Friends is a registered trademark of Ghislaine Thomas Limited.